The Prepped Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prepped Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prepped and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. July edition 2023 of Shoe Geeks, brought to you by the Inside Running Podcast. I am joined here by Michael Nishki from Adelaide, who is the barefoot podiatrist. He's best known over there. Um, Nida, welcome. Thanks, mate. Good to be here chatting to you blokes again. Talk us through the barefoot podiatrist just quickly. Just summarize in three or four sentences. Look. Look, I registered that as my company name back in 2007 or 2008 when I first started practice and no one hadn't had the name. There's three names I really wanted and all had been registered and I thought um, I'll just go with that. And uh, that was my clinic name in Loxton and in Adelaide for about a decade. Did you yeah. just like, did you just jump on the bandwagon? The timing yeah. of it was perfect. I feel like I did it just prior to the Lieberman study and just prior to all the second metatarsal stress fractures in the Vibram. The timing was actually pretty... I was saying my first year in clinic in Adelaide, I saw 22 second metatarsal stress fractures, second or third metatarsal stress fractures. Was and that was, after um, you recommended barefoot running? No, well, that's the thing. So a lot of people came in wondering why they couldn't solve the puzzle with wearing the shoes. So, you know, people running 50, 60 Ks a week, just changing shoes exactly from 100% to a traditional shoe to a, a, like a Vibram. So not much you can do with Met stress either. You need a bit of time. Mm. All right. Well, Tom, have you ever been a barefoot podiatrist, Tom? No, I can't say. It's always one of those things that confuses me. <laughs> Being a barefoot podiatrist. Um, you're from Sydney, which is pretty I easy am. to tell. Your favourite, your favourite city. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very Sydney, Sydney type personality. Um, you, you're a what is it called? Pinnacle, as in like you're the best of podiatry in Sydney. <laughs> well, some some may say that. <laughs> well, you've said that. You called your business. That. <laughs> Uh, what's worse calling yourself the best or 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 the barefooted podiatrist what's worse well both both are money grabs (laughs) (laughs) mine's not anymore no all right so uh, why don't we um why don't we chat about what you've sort of been up to just quickly tom you actually raced yesterday which was good to see because you've been uh struggling so much yeah, it was good to be. Uh, I was glad I 
Gary um, asked me if I wanted to paste one of the kids, Cam Gorman, um, from from the group, um, like a week out, <clears throat> and um, I thought well, it was a good way just to get a hit out. I'll see how long I can, just like a barometer of where I'm at, really. Um, what race? It's always a good event, huh? What's you that? didn't say what race. Oh, sorry. So it's Sydney Harbour Ten. So that was on this weekend. So yeah, it's a it's a ten k um, all through, starting at the rocks in in the city there, and just runs through like out to Darling Harbour, through Barangaroo, um, and back back into the rocks again. So it's just it's all right through through the city. Um, and yeah, Nitter had his boy in there. Kale came up for it. So um, mm. my job was my job was to try and help those two boys out. And ho- hopefully, so I, what pace I, were they? What pace were they aiming for? Or what time? So. So thir- sub thirty, basically. Okay. So my job was to go out three min three min k's, see how far I could I could go with that, um, and yeah. Um, so we're good going for these young guys. So they're both seventeen, right? Kale's seventeen, or yeah, Kale's just turned eighteen. Yep. Okay. So um, at two k, yep. I think you were at twenty nine fifteen pace. <laughs> Maybe cooked it a little. If I look at the Strava correctly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you used the GPS in Sydney. I reckon I ran that Harbour yeah. 10K maybe five years ago and it gave me like a 231 first K. There it we was, go. It, Thanks, it I, was just, yeah. I was just about to say that. He's oh, saving no. me there. Thanks, mate. I was, I was dead on, mate. Dead on. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what um, shoes? Like talk us through. How did you decide on what shoe to wear? So I had I got a pair of the Vaporfly threes earlier in the year to do um, Hamburg Marathon, which never happened. So they've been sitting there waiting, and I've been wanting to wear them. So obviously, that was the shoe that I brought out for the ten. And um, being a bit of a twisty turny course, I think it was nice having a super, a super shoe that you know isn't quite as big and bulky and unstable as maybe some of the others. Um, I mean, I don't get along with them anyway, but particularly on that course, like it just felt, felt nice. It was agile, um, very cushioned. Like, so yeah, as we, I think we've mentioned it before, but it, it just feels the forefoot has more guts to it and it's softer. Um, so it just feels like there's, it's a more lively experience in the forefoot compared to version two. Um, part of that's the rocker part of it's just the foam feels more compliant. Um, can't complain. I, it, I just, I just enjoyed the whole event I enjoyed yeah out there I enjoyed the shoes it was um yeah that were, that were good a big a big tick from me do you um do you feel like the rear foot's more stable as well um potentially I, I don't think I, I never really had any in, instability issues with any, any of the models so to me I'm not very sensitive to that but I've definitely heard other people say that they found yeah. that version two um, uh, sorry, version three, three is more stable in the rear foot. Yeah, something that I yeah. find for sure, like big part of why I love it so much, um, is that I don't know, just confidence I've got through the back of the shoe now. Why do you reckon it is? Because it's not really that much broader. Is it? Is it just? Mm. It's literally probably a few mil wider. Um, yeah, so it's interesting it's almost, that it feels more stable. I don't know exactly either, but I just. I feel it there. I feel a little resistance underfoot. Like yeah, when... you, you know, you know what I felt with it. It feels as well that the plate is a little bit stiffer. So potentially the stiffer plate is doing something as well um, with stability. Yeah, maybe it widens at the back a little more. 
Um, mm. Again, I don't know. Like is, closer to is the, the surface area much different to number two? Is it much wider? No, nah, not really. No. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. It probably is a little bit. Like it's, it's literally mm. millimeters we're talking about. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Not heaps. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, the thing is, like, it's more stable. Yet it's um, it's no heavier. I think if anything, it's lighter. Mm. Which mm. a lot of the time we try and get more stability in a shoe. They're adding material, and, and it's um, it's getting a little bit heavier. But it's yep. just as light as ever, which is nice. It could be Very the nice. best update to a super shoe that we've ever seen in the in that whole uh, kind of super shoe category. Uh, I, I was astounded with how different it is and how good it feels. Mm. Like to me, it's the best super shoe I've ever put on now. And I just I'm glad like, you're finally yeah. on board with it. Yeah. Well, at the start, like I was a little unsure. It didn't look like there was much change mm. at all, but. It's significantly different underfoot, like a different shoe to me. Um, I got to get on it. I got to get on it. I went with the Alpha Two instead. I didn't, didn't, um, didn't want to wait the extra week for the Vaporfly Three. Now I'm regretting it. Well, get another, like get us, get a pair. Yeah, yeah. Surely barefoot podiatry can fork out for that. <laughs> this is life. What are, the, what are the mileage shoes have been running in, Tommy? I know you haven't done a lot of volume. Like a, a bit of a Tommy appreciation post. You read thirty fifty yesterday, mate. And you. You haven't done much compared to what you normally do. Yeah, I know. Um, I reckon I really had no idea because my training's been very um, interrupted. Um, I was building nicely. Then I had like life stress and um, work stress. And then like, I don't know if I told you guys, but Leo... We had two imaginary stress fractures along the way as well, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I had had those, those phantom phantom bone stress injuries um and then like the last week i wasn't even sure i was going to race on the weekend because leo my yeah. eldest he he's been in hospital like all all last week with this um, oh, shit. it's kind of like appendicitis but it's the the lymph nodes all around the abdomen like near the appendix but the pain is like okay. appendicitis type pain and he oh, he shit. didn't eat he didn't eat for four days and he's just like it was just like it was a nightmare so like, yeah, How old he, is Leo again? Is Leo about four or is he five? Leo's six. He's six. Six, yeah. Yeah, so it was a rough week. Um, he came good on uh, Friday or Saturday. I think mm. I think Friday was his last day in, in hospital and he, he, just, mm. he just turned a corner massively on Saturday. Um, mm. And so I think I only got like two runs in last week. So I think I think what it was was I was super fresh. I was just like I hadn't had much sleep, but I had no no uh, my legs weren't heavy from any training at all this week. So um, yeah, yeah, felt felt, you, um, felt pretty good actually. Felt pretty good out you'd, there. You'd want to be doing the home city marathon in September. Yeah, maybe. Mate, what do you reckon? You write, write me a program, get me fit for eight weeks. Nita Nita would love that. We'd have to get you in oh, some mate. long runs real quick. Yeah, yeah. Look, I wouldn't. Tom wouldn't be far off his PB in eight weeks, I don't reckon. Gary, no, I, I spoke to Gary. Lana messaged Gary after the race, and she was like, "Gary, can you get Tom fit for Sydney?" Because I, I, I did, I did tell her about the prize money, uh, Moose, yeah. and I said, oh, Lana, I, think gotta, agent, "I think we've got to take some some money off this bloke. He thinks he's going in for an easier payday." Who? <laughs> you? Me? No, no, I want <laughs> yeah. trouble. I'm not going to trouble the prize money. You're going to have to beat Brett Robinson, though. He's a 2-7 guy. <laughs> We've been close before. <laughs> almost almost got him in Melbourne. So easy runs, Tom. What are you wearing? All right. I whip out this. I've been copying it a bit for this, this guy lately from some run crewers. 
Because really? a lot of run crawlers don't wear them, you know, apparently. Yeah. That's, um, well, they need to try this one. It's different. Yeah. So this is the Sky, Sky 7. I don't know if I tried the 6. I, I think I had the 5. Um, yeah. But um, I would say I was pleasantly surprised with this shoe. So when I first tried it on, I was a little bit underwhelmed. And then yep. um, off the back of um, Mike saying, oh, this actually feels pretty good. I took it out for a few runs and uh, I was actually quite surprised. It's... Um, it's it's got some good like a, a really good amount of cushion underneath you. So I think um, I had a look at it. The stack is my phone. Um, the stack is forty one thirty three. So it's a relatively like it's, a, it's it's their high stack sort of daily training model. Um, they're using that that energy foam, which is that sort of soft, resilient stuff mm. that they've, they've put in there. And I don't know whether it's cool. it is a little bit higher, but maybe they've used more of that mm. energy stuff. But it just feels. Um, bouncier maybe a little bit softer but definitely bouncier yeah. than previous iterations um and the, i think the bounciness adds to the fact it doesn't actually feel as brick like on the foot as it it yeah. does like holding the shoe it feels a bit like a you know i don't know it just feels heavy but once you're once i got rolling in it it felt pretty good mm. I, I did i did a yeah. long run in it um what i do 20 it wasn't long but it was like yeah 24k mm. or something and um, I enjoyed it. Like, it's not a, mm. not a fast, like, you're not really going to want to feel like you're going to pick up the pace in it, but it, it felt, you know, protect, like, comfy and protective for the duration of that run. It felt pretty good. Um, so for an easy, easy day shoe, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a great mileage shoe, I would say. Yeah. And it looks like they've got a slab of rubber on the bottom just to protect the foam, which is really It looks super durable. Yeah, you're not seeing that very often anymore. So, um that rubber looks like it'll last a long time. Yeah. You can see the uh, energy stuff in here, I think. Yeah, the red bit yeah. in the middle. That is And pretty traditional geometry, so it's not, it's not super yeah. rocket or anything, but um, some people like that. I personally like it. I don't really yep. love rocket shoes for easy runs. Um, mm. I'm probably in the minority, I don't know, but I, I don't mind that traditional geometry. I quite like it. What shoe do you compare it to? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I found I found the foam act a bit like the cloud monster. Um, oh really? Yeah, I found. Yeah, look, I found that like that's the, that's the same run that I preferred it for. Like maybe a little bit softer in the cloud monster and a little bit lighter. Uh, more guts behind the the sky seven, but I found just the resilience of the foam or the bounciness to be semi similar. So on the forefoot, that is. Um, but. Yeah, look, I didn't find any other shoe at the moment as much like it as the Cloud Monster. Yeah, that's weird. I don't really mm. feel like it's mm. like that. Um, to me, it yeah. feels a bit softer. Um, Cloud Monster is a really unique feeling shoe. The way those pods compress individually rather than mm. just the foam sort of um, sort of being a slab of foam. It, it, I can't find anything that really feels like the Monster. Um, mm. You probably don't access like the Brooks Glycerin very often, but that's the, the no. closest feeling shoe to this no. one, I reckon. So yeah, like yeah, a higher cushion shoe, but a denser mm. cushion. Um, yeah, not like a sense. Nimbus, which is real spongy, or a yeah. uh, Triumph, or, which is bouncier. This, is, to me, feels a lot more like a, a Glycerin. Um, I don't think I've worn a Brooks for a, for a decade, I don't reckon. I'm not sure about you, Tom, but I can't remember the last time I had a Brooks. The Aurora. No, don't let him bring the Aurora, it up again. Mate. <laughs> The Aurora. The Aurora. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the Aurora. 
That was actually you warmed up in the um, what was it? The that was their tempo shoe, their traditional Tem- tempo shoe. Hyperion tempo. Hyperion tempo. Yeah. God, I actually yeah. like that shoe. Yeah, you like the most <laughs> electric shoe. Um, Look, let's so talk about what, the um. Talk, oh, sorry, you go. I was going to say, you know, I know you guys saw me posting about it, and, and you were disgusted, Moose, that I was was potentially going to talk it up, but. I've just done. A, I've only done a couple of runs in it, so I really don't. It's probably not giving it a fair go, but I pretty much can feel straight away that it's not going to be anything I want to be doing much running in, which is upsetting because this model, this particular shoe, I've had such an affinity for it because when I was like early twenties, late teens, it was like the shoe that I always went for and I loved. So it's the the Nike yeah. Pegasus, um, and it just feels like I don't know what they're doing with the Pegasus, but. Mm. This I got the, the the Pegasus forty, and I haven't used the Pegasus since the the thirty sevens. But um, it's it's so firm. It's just such it a firm. No, I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me. No, yeah. it's at home. Yeah. It's just such a firm ride. It's it's just it's mm. it's unbelievably firm. Mm. Um, well, so, while while we're on that, like I mean, I asked Julie the other day about the Infinity Four. So just the general Nike mileage shoes right now, the Infinity Four. Um, obviously that was the, the first version was built to try and, you know, reduce injury risk compared to its competitors or its own line. And they ran that paper that never got published. That shoe has been released, I think, this year, and it weighs 355 or 360 grams at size 10. Um, so like Julian called it, protect, obviously it's not a diet, but it feels a bit like a diet. The outsole is really industrial. Nike have not got a volume shoe done correctly or done well since the Vimeo 12. Vimeo 13. No, 12. Yeah. 12? Yeah. No, 13 yeah. was good still. 13 was yep. good. 14 yep. got a bit shaky. Yeah. Uh, yep. you're, you're right. We're finding it hard work just to, to get Nike training shoes on people's feet. And there's always something a bit different about it. Like the Vimeo 16 had a massive pod under the forefoot, like airbag, mm-hmm. and it, it just used to flatten out and people would really feel the divot under their forefoot. Mm-hmm. Um the structure is not bad. The structure is probably their best jogging shoe, I reckon. And at 200 bucks yeah. still, it's an absolute steal mm. compared to some of the other yeah. shoes it competes against. Like, you got the Adrenaline now at two, oh, what are they, 260 maybe? Yeah, um, yeah. 250, 260. You've got, like, the Inspire's gone up mm. to 240 from Mizuno. You mean the Invincible? No, don't you slice no, fire sorry. Yeah, from Mizuno. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Inspire yeah, yeah. from yeah. Um, yeah. Even, like, Keanu's 280. So... You've got a structure at two hundred bucks, yeah. and that that shoe doesn't feel yeah. bad at all. That's like the least offense. It's it's the least offensive Nike training shoe because uh, yeah. there's always something about it to me that's wrong. Like the new Invincible, the fit's awful. I uh, can't get yeah. that right. Uh, the Pegasus, like you said, it feels like a shoe that's been left behind. Feels like it's ancient. Yeah. Feels like you're putting on a shoe that you're trying in store ten years ago, um, yeah. and even then, it wouldn't be a soft shoe. Romero, I mean, the, the 17 comes out. I've got pretty high hopes for that. That comes when, out. Later. When does that come out? I'm pretty sure it's September. Let me just, like, double check. So, I, I got to have a look at the Vimeo 17 when I, I did a thing for Nike the other week, and it looks yeah. really good. No yeah, airbag. Good. So you just said about the airbag, yeah. like, they've, take, they've removed the airbag, layer of Zoom X closest to the foot, and then a layer of the Gushlon yeah. closer to the ground. I reckon it's going to be really nice. good. Yeah, October. okay, that's good. October, nice. Um, yep. there's, we've had a few people run in it. They've sort of commented that it, it's not as 
maybe thick or as spongy under the forefoot as they would have liked. And mm. I think that's the Zoom X just compressing. You, almost, mm. you need a lot of Zoom X to make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And new structure comes out as well. It's like a little bit more mm. aggressive in terms of the support, sort of like the, the geometry going to, a, yeah. when I say aggressive, I mean um, more supportive type feel. So like wider surface area or like? wider surface area. Yeah. Like go in the yeah. way of classic yeah. sort of support shoes. Um, it's, that's interesting. I don't know what you like, Tom, but it's been hard to refer, you know, put a Pegasus on a, on a shoe list for a patient for the past few years, a Vimeo for the past few years. I definitely have sent off for a couple of structures in comparison to other shoes. I didn't realize how cheap it was in comparison to its competitors. It makes a bit of sense as to why that probably sells a bit more, but it's time for, um, yeah, for a mileage shoe to, I mean, they obviously sell enough shoes. Nike sell a lot of shoes. It's not a big problem for them more than likely, but for people, you know, running and daily trainers, it used to be the number one for that. Between them and Adidas, they'd, I'd argue that between the three of us chatting here, we probably use it the least for our daily trainer. Oh, I don't really run in any Nike. I, I run in their trail mm. shoe, the Zagama. Mm. That's what I run in. Ultrafly, actually, the plated trail shoe comes out in August. So that'll be yep. interesting. Um, yep. But yeah, Vimera 17 does look... I don't think you'll like it, Nita. Like just straight off the bat, like I don't think it's got enough under the forefoot for you. Tom probably love it, I reckon. Yeah, I want to shoe yeah. like a little, just very similar to the um, Epic React, but maybe a touch more under it. That would be yeah. good. Which yeah. it might be. Yeah. Oh, don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think you're going to find it pretty thin up there. Uh, but you know, the Peg Turbo, that shoe was thin, like the first and second mm. version. And people love yeah. that thinness up there. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what that weighed, but that was that was so light. It was light. Fed, fed, it was light. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I know we've all been running in the next one, the Kano Thirty. Mm. So, the, like, Kano Thirty is one that came out in in July, early July, and massive change from Kano's mm. of the past. So, like, initially you can see like this thing as a as yep. a beast of a midsole high stack, um, real quite stiff. I mean, I've got a bit of flex in it now. I wear this to work every day, mm-hmm. so I'm starting to get a bit of flex in it. Big, yep. broad profile underneath, like hocker-like shoe. I see, I tell a lot of people just in store now, like you can, mm-hmm. if you put a hocker logo on this, no one's batting an eyelid because um, of the mm-hmm. geometry of it and, and the, yeah, pretty much the concept of it too. Mm-hmm. So it's a support shoe still. Um, you got the specs on it there, Nita? Yeah, look, it's um, for my size 10, it weighed in at about 318 grams. So um, pretty standard, I'd say. Um, it feels a bit lighter on the foot than that, I think, compared to previous models. Um, and the forefoot's 30 mils and the back is uh, 40 mils. So a 10 mil, 10 mil drop on this shoe. Um, yeah, I mean, the big change is, of course, um, the surface area beneath the medial aspect of the foot. They've put this nice um, soft foam under the medial aspect of the foot, the 4D guidance technology. It's almost like um, it's almost like telling the population, look, we're doing the exact opposite now to what, uh, to what we're used to with the duo density posting in the medial aspect of the foot. But look, in saying that, they've just filled in the foot so there's more surface area guiding it through the big toe, is my guess. Um, it's stable. Um, this is the best character they've created, would you say? I mean, relative to what you've wanted previously i think this has been the most enjoyable can i put my foot in 
Um, I guess I've only compared it through to the Nimbus, um, which I got a couple months earlier. The Nimbus runs at 33 and a half and 41 and a half. So a bit more in the forefoot, um, that three or four mils more in the forefoot. And both surface area of the Nimbus is really wide, but not as wide as the Kano. The first thing that came to mind with this shoe when I first put it on was, yep, nice and light. Um, doesn't feel too far removed from the Nimbus, except for the forefoot did feel a bit less in it. So I could feel that we run up on the like the Bel Air train lines. I could feel just the rocks under the forefoot a bit more. I couldn't feel under the heel. The heel is well, um, well cushioned and well supportive. Very, very stable shoe. It did feel a lot like a slightly more beefed up Kano light to me um, when I first whacked it on. And especially after 20 minutes, it felt more like a Kano light than any other shoe comparatively with more, with more substance in the midsole. The light, the, the light sort of range, the Kano light and Nimbus light have been almost like test cases for, for ASICs. It Absolutely. seems um, they yeah. bring them out sort of a few years earlier than they put the same sort of changes into their, their flagship shoes just to test the waters, just to get feedback and, and see how it's taken. Um, yeah. The Kano light's been great in our store. Like people have loved to, to have that stability, but in a lighter package. And in terms of control, uh, like this, to me, this shoe here is one of the most controlling shoes that I've put on before. Mm. before. Yeah. And it's just, people say, oh, why? What is it? Is it just because it's wide underfoot? It's not mm. just because it's wide. It's because of all these articulations in the sole for, for me. Like you can see this line. Yep that runs down the guidance line. Like, yeah. yeah, the guidance line they call it. Um, mm. You can see how stiff the medial platform is over here and how much yep. surface area that has. And then the, mm. the, the slither on the lateral side is like the cushioned area. Yep. And if we're landing sort of in this piece of foam and then transitioning mm. into this big sort of wedge over here, mm. it actually feels really supportive and there's a lot of resistance yeah. to my foot pronating. Um, yep. you, you can see it standing there. So... You can feel it standing there too when I put it on. I feel almost like I have yep. very little mobility left because <laughs> it's almost yeah. braced up. Um, I'm assuming this guy flexes up a little bit after time though. I'm assuming after one or 200 Ks, the forefoot gets much more flexible. At baseline, it feels a bit stiffer. But I found after 40, 50 minutes of running, it felt like a lot less shoe for me. Um, so it's nice and light and, and still nimble for a high volume trainer. I mean, ASICs have moved all that way. That that testing range with the ASICs Nimbus Light and the Carina Light definitely has led to um, these particular shoes. And while I've got it, I mean, Tom, you've run it a bit more than I have. I've run it in it twice. But look, just show that show the base of that midsole again, um, Julian. And uh, look at the similarities here. And this is um, this is the GT. 2012 version that gets released in about September, I believe. They've gone down the same pathway of, you know, really good surface area, wedging the medial side a touch more than the right side with more rubber under the foam, wide surface area. A couple high higher points of Jerominus are not quite as soft in the um the foam and the base of the foot, and maybe probably a bit less stack, more than likely. Um, but look, you love these sort of shoes, don't you, Tom? Yeah. Uh that that G that new GT two thousand feels to mm. me, yeah, closest to the Keanu light. Um, yep. maybe even, yeah, a touch softer um, than Kano yep. Light even, um, which actually feels pretty good. Um, they've done well. Mm. They've done well. I Bad. like what they've done. I like what they've done with the, with the Light series and testing out that new technology before they've put it in their yep. flagship stuff. Um, yep. And you can see, like, that, that geometry change with that, that lateral decoupling and the wedging medially is exactly what they did in the Kano Light. 
It's probably why it feels so much so similar. Yeah, yeah, uh, it no, works. No, it does really works. well. And easier to sell now, like Julian, I'm assuming. Like you, you know, looking at these shoes comparatively next to each other, um, they put it on a foot. I'm assuming we're going to go back up in sales compared to the last couple of years, where they probably haven't sold as well next to their competitors. Yeah, they they just feel softer. And there's a real trend for soft at the moment. And it's hard to put soft shoes on people's feet and then put something firm back on and ask them if it's comfortable or not because softness mm. is such a, a treat almost. Um, and mm. for someone who requires support to have this type level of softness, you, you're not really seeing that outside like a, um, like a gaviota or something from Hocker. It's mm. kind of the only real shoe that's done that before. Yeah. So we, we stock it in a we, – we, we didn't – no, we did actually. We stuck it in wide and standard, which is the first time we've done that mm-hmm. for Kiana. Um and it's going well. Yeah, for for both. Yeah. Uh, so the, the other um, release this month was the New Balance Super Comp Trainer V2. So the V2, it's weird because the the code on the shoe is uh, MRCXBK3 which indicates it's the third version. But I reckon there's been some mistake along the line because the first version of this got called the V2. And so oh, yeah. uh, it's just a bit confusing anyway. <laughs> it, is, it is the second version of the Supercomp Trainer, um, mm-hmm. which is like a – I mean, it doesn't really fit a category that existed before one or two years ago, but it's a plated training shoe. Or a plated jogging shoe. Uh, it's made of super foam, though. So this, like, this is their um, fuel cell. But like, this foam here feels really poppy. Very similar to what's in their race shoe. Uh, it sits on a six mil drop compared to the the eight mil drop that it used to. Um, it's forty at the rear foot, thirty two at the forefoot. So we've got that sort of similar. Um, oh, sorry, thirty two. 4032. So, so that's, that's a mistake. It was supposed to be this is six mil. Um, that's a mistake. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just reading their tech sheet and I, and I don't think that. Um, I don't I think had that, a 39 33 from someone off memory. So it was just below the 40 off memory. 39 33 at six mil. But it, you know, not that it makes a big difference when you start compressing foam that's soft. So, <laughs> I'm just reading off this is off the New Balance tech sheet. So, mm. This is called so they they compare like it's weird their comparisons like whoever's... we know how good tech sheets are. Oh, it's bad this one. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who put this together. I won't throw someone under the bus here, but they've compared it to the Saucony Endorphin Elite, which please never do that. Um, <laughs> uh, they're calling this fuel cell CO two and nitrogen injected PBAX foam. So that's the first time I've seen a. Mm. Um, a comment yeah. on this on this fuel cell. Yeah. Uh, like, let's talk about it in terms of reality, how how it feels. It's definitely less of a therapy-like shoe than the first pair. So, Nitty, you're not going to get that calf mm. love. Um, there's a bit more flex in this one. It's a little sort yep. of softer to me. It feels closer to the ground. Uh, it's def- because of those things. I enjoy running in it more. So the heel cut's big, a lot. Big update. The heel the heel counter looks way better than the first version. Yeah, it is. So it's just going back to traditional sort of heel cup. It's got this like wing at the back, which a lot of shoes do now. Still quite a thin tongue, which I, I, I don't love, but I guess that's a weight saver. 
Uh, it's quite a pointy toe box. So one of the issues that I'm finding or that I found trying on the 11 and a half, which I would have liked to wear, is that mm. my foot just came across the medial side here and, and poked yeah. off. And I know Ali, like she said the same thing. Her, it felt a bit too yeah. tight up here. Down here is okay. Good width that yeah. back around sort of the, the met head area, mm. but up front it just tapers off a lot too quickly. And um, so I had to go up a half size for that. Uh, it still has these two big columns through the back, the mm. energy arc sort of set up where mm. it's rocket and it has a plate that's shaped sort of high to low. Um, one thing, like first run out of the box, uh, took mm. it on some dirt roads and it just chews up this foam ah. like nothing else. Yeah. So this is that's exposed. Life, though. Like that's, that's all right, though. Yeah, it's just real fragile. I think, I think it will actually chew out pretty bad after, say, 100K if I keep running on the dirt because that's only two runs on the dirt right there. Well, you, you uh, saw the photo of my first run when I wore the, um, the, the Supercomp Elite V3. I did the trail, the trail park run down here and it just pulled off the whole rubber bit and chewed a few holes yeah. through. So that was one run. Yeah. You'd be worse, wouldn't you? You'd be worse because of mm. how forefoot you are. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, it's been a real – it's been a fun shoe. I, I, like Super Blast is my go-to when I'm feeling good. And I want to yep. run a bit faster on an easy day. Now, Super Blast, I think, can handle a little bit more variance mm. in, in trail and dirt and stuff. Yep. This thing here is going to be a bit more suitable for, for flatter roads. Uh, it's mm. less stable than a Super Blast, mainly because of these two big columns that sort columns, of compress yeah. um, exclusive of each other um, or independent of each other. And, and uh, it's, not, it's not as bad as I thought it would be because of that, um, mm. but... Yeah, I, I put Super Blast on for the long run just to get me through a, like a, a longer period on dirt, and I'm glad I did. But this one here for hour runs around mm. town when I'm feeling good, I, I love it. How's it compared to the Hoka Mac X? Well, the Mac X hasn't arrived yet in Australia. Bree's been running in a pair, and she adores it. Mm. The Mac X looks like it might be a bit more jogging friendly. And this one here mm. could be a bit more up pace. Bree has run in both. Um, they're her thoughts on it. She'd put the Max, Mac mm. X on for a long run and perhaps this one on for, for a tempo mm. type run and feel better yep. about, it, about it that way. Um, and then the other one coming in is the Saucony Kinvara Pro, which is like a lot firmer, mm. stiffer, plated trainer, which I think will be more easy days rather than tempo runs. Um, yep. So you can kind of like structure it like that for these new plated training shoes. I'll go next, you know, just one last one. So I've, yeah, had, yeah. Two, yep. I've had two um, cross-country races in this now, which is the Dragonfly cross-country. So the difference between the, the standard Dragonfly and this one is there's like rubber pads down on the heel. The midsole has sort of like little lug foam section. And then up front, underneath the spike plate, it is rubber with some little lugs on it. Um, mm. It comes with these two types of pins, which I've just, like, this is a, I think it's about a nine mil pin, the, um, mm. the, the standard. But then they also have this, you can sort of see it there, this like mm. stud-like pin, which I used at Cruden Farm, which was a terrible idea because it's really unstable with these massive big um, plastic sort of pyramid that doesn't really dig into the ground. So you're sitting off the ground, like, hmm. say, 10 mil um, 
and yeah, it was really unstable. Didn't really dig in because it only has this little pin at the top. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I changed them out for Bandura. I still didn't feel great in this shoe. Like, oh, the overlay is on top. Like, it's a little bit more reinforced through the toe here. Yeah. Um, reinforcement through the midfoot. The wraps a lot stronger. I thought it would. I thought it would feel better than it did. I'm not sure if it's because it's a slightly broader last. It kind of looks like that. Um, that it. It, it almost gets in the way a little bit. Like mm. when I'm going downhill and when it's really cambered and lumpy, I just want less shoe on my foot. But, yeah, I've got really sore ankles today, a couple of days after the race. Sore tib ant, um, sore planter. <laughs> I, just, I just can't, I can't run much cross country without affecting my training for like a week after. And, and this You have to wear the, um, the ultra fly for the next one. No. <laughs> Yeah, it might affect the um, agility, but <laughs> around the corners. But it, yeah, I, I've, cross country ends now for us. We have one more relay, and it's not that important, really. So I'll just um, put the spikes back, bring them out next year. Yeah. Well, I can't add to that a lot more. The only other shoe that I've worn, which um, uh, Julian sent through to me a couple of weeks ago, is the On Cloud Spike 10,000, which you've seen a lot of media and hype around it. Um, the 10,000 appears to be the spike a lot of the, the pros are wearing for their race day scenario as opposed to the 1500. And um, I guess what makes it unique is the obviously the high stack height. The Cloud Tech foam is um, super soft. So when I hit the ground on this shoe on the track of the day, it felt very similar to the way the Dragonfly acts, uh, Tom, so you will like it, but it felt like just more. It just felt like there was more like stack height. And I'm actually... Don't know the stats on this one. Um, I'm assuming the 10,000 is probably legal for the fifth, uh, for the 1500 meter plus, but maybe not the 800. But I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So, but this is a really enjoyable spike. Um, the upper is nice and light, it's nimble. If there was one downside to it, I think as you mentioned, Julian, before, similar around the MPJ, it's actually wide enough, but it does taper in pretty aggressively. So it will irritate people a little bit in terms of the width towards the toe box. Funnily enough, it's got lots of volume. Like it's really, really high in terms of how much space it is. I'd love to see it just a little bit more anatomical, but a little bit lower um, streamline. I can that'd be a better fit for most people. But look, they'll probably get that feedback, no doubt, because beneath it, the magic in the midsole of this foam is, um, is fantastic. So I think this will be a hard shoe to compete against for... Um, any shoe from the 1500 above, really, I think. I think it's a great spike, and we're seeing more of it now. And I haven't tried the 1500, but I, I'm, I'm hearing that people are using it for shorter workouts more so than actual racing, and the 10,000 is going to be the predominant racing shoe. And this shoe is, um, I think, the guy haven't weighed them compared to each other as well, but just from the other reviews I've read, it's as light as the Dragonfly, if not a little bit lighter, so eight or nine grams lighter. No, pretty good. Is it, mm. is it P-Bar foam, you know? Is that what they're using? It's, cloud, it's the cloud tech. Uh, it feels identical to the ZoomX um, underfoot. So if it's not Piba, it feels like Piba. So um, my guess is it is Piba. I'm pretty sure it I'd is. I'd love to guess. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's Piba in both the 1500, this and uh, the Echo Boom, I think, uh, Echo Boom 3. Yeah. It's funny. The 1500 spike is much more flexible than the 10K spike. Um, yeah. It's like the the plate gives a lot more, which, yeah, I thought mm. is like the opposite of what you'd want. But um, I don't run those distances. I don't know. Maybe you do want more flex it in the shoe. It, 
it flexes under load this um, this ten thousand spike when you're up and running. The foam compresses so quickly that you get into the flex point pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. South Australia's premier running event, the Prepped Adelaide Marathon, is on again. The spectator-friendly course starts at the race village in Benatham Park and runs along the beautiful parklands and river torrents. You can register now for the Prep Marathon, Prepped Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Sakoni 10K or 5K event. Enhance your performance with the hydration power of Prepped. Get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27, and seize your personal best with Prep by your side. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. Well, let's move on then. Go to our favourite segment, the Knitter Goes Nuts segment. Now, I can't remember if that's what we called it last time, but I'm going to... Oh, I don't know. I'm going leave to, it at I'm that. I'm going to leave look, it. Knitter, knitter Goes Nuts. Go for it. All right. Well, look, this one is a, a bit... I'm pulling these out relative to what happens here clinically. And just the past couple of months, I mean, we actually touched on it a while back and, and Tom did. There's been a couple of papers published and like trying to associate super shoes to injury risk you know we talked about the navicular one which was case study driven we, we talk about practitioners um even telling patients or telling people to be cautious of these shoes so the last couple of weeks i've had people come in recreational but not just recreational those who are probably you know running their first second third fourth marathon marathon and improving and asking questions about the shoes saying oh i i just want to ask about the super shoes i hear they could injure me and you think, how do these things happen? And, and when you've got peer-reviewed articles um, trying to associate these shoes with injury, it makes sense when it gets published on social media. People sort of see it subtly and think, oh, I might not wear these shoes because their risk of injury is a bit higher. But there are other researchers who don't get quite as much leverage, guys like uh, Wout Hukama, one of the first researchers with the 4% and Max Paquette seeing that there is no saying there's no convincing data that there's any more risk to these compared to traditional running shoes. And anecdotally, Tom, you'd probably agree saying we probably see a bit less injury in particularly the lower leg. And maybe we see slightly different changes in where injuries do happen. But what we are definitely seeing with the super shoes and, you know, we're probably not seeing it in papers, but we're seeing it in anecdotes. People are handling more quality of running in these shoes compared to wearing the old racing flats. And then suddenly you don't know if the running shoe is a risk factor for injury. People are just running more. They can run more as well. And the absolute running dose that they're doing is the risk of injury that's changing. So we probably need to change the narrative a little bit because I think these super shoes are a gateway, uh, like a gateway drug to handling more running and enjoying more running. The risk is definitely lower than what the reward is, in my opinion. And look, we might see different types of injuries, but we're definitely not seeing more injuries so the research of these papers, I don't know how they get funded. It drives me nuts. But it's so far removed from what we see clinically on a weekly basis, it's beyond me. So I want people to understand there is a place for them, but the risk of injury wearing these shoes, there is different risk, but there is not more risk compared to the same time in traditional running shoes or even normal running shoes. Um, yeah, so that just drives me nuts because we just see more of this all the time. And it's usually by people who don't have any interest in, you know, clinically working with runners or runners themselves. So it's probably not, it's probably a bit of a generalization, but it just drives me nuts. I mean, you've got, you work with someone who's saying that a lot of the super shoes with carbon plates, curved carbon plates are causing metatarsal injury, Tom, but yet the data would suggest it's probably the opposite. Maybe the plate changes the risk of that, but yeah. Don't know about creating fear related to these super shoes is probably the right way to go. 
especially when they probably help us run more. So if you take running injuries per thousand hours of exposure, which is probably a good measure of injury, you're probably seeing less now than what we were previously because people are getting closer to more volume because they can wear a shoe that allows them to perceptually handle more volume. That's my good rant. rant mate. Good rant. Good, good rant. Bit niche. Bit nerdy. <laughs> I'd rather you go. People get it though. But there'll be you someone know, listening to this who's, who's, who's been put off of super shoes for some reason or a rather. And, and it's usually, it's worse when it comes from practitioners and other practitioners say, no, nah, don't wear these, your risk of injury is higher. It just like just off a, a once off seeing a, you know, a, an article that was five case reviews and, you know, poorly, poorly done study and someone's making a living off this study. Is their risk of injury higher compared to if they just kept running in their Brooks Ghost and didn't put the super shoe on? Don't know. I mean, that's what needs to probably be compared is exposure time to all different types of shoes, right? And injury risk. My guess is there's probably different different ailments that will happen. You know, in 2019, we saw heaps of sacral stress fractures, neck of femurs and proximal femoral stress. People can hit the ground harder in these shoes and they can run downhill faster in these shoes with less perceptual consequence. Of course, there's probably more risk of those types of injuries. But we, I don't know about you, Tom, but I've definitely seen a few less metatarsals, a few less foot tarsal bone injuries since the advent of carbon fibre shoes. Maybe a few more medial and lateral, no more than wearing traditional flats. I think comparing traditional flats and the super shoes is probably the way to go for exposure time. Unless people are running, jogging in these shoes compared to a Brooks Ghost, different types of injuries probably, Julian, not more or less. All right, good. Well mm. done. All right, next segment. Iconic shoes from the past. Favorite section. You boys always go the fast ones, but so I'm going to start off here. The first pair of hockers that I ever wore, the Hocker Stinson ATR3. So these things were full, chunky, massive stack. They had like, they were really rigid. They had like a light um, trailer type outer sole, but it was still soft enough you could run on the road. They were really rocked and they were really soft. Mm. And and I still think if you made this shoe today, you would you'd you'd be able to sell it to pretty much anyone who wants that hocker feel. Like this was mm. the iconic hocker feel, the iconic hocker geometry. Um, it, it gave people stiffness and it unloaded the foot mm. and ankle better than any other hocker that I've had since then. Um, and it was really comfortable. Like, that foam was amazing. I, it didn't go wide, though, did it? Was that the one limitation? It didn't go wide? Was that it? No, nah, they never did width back then. They only ever had one width for all their models. So mm. there, was, there was no wide Bondi, no wide Stinson. And they still don't do a wide Stinson. They just do one width. And it, it's relatively are you looking at, Are you wide. looking at the photo of this shoe, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, look, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> And none of their shoes were. They used to have just as worst... ugly as the original Bondi. Yeah. yeah, these guys before they got bought out, they used to put together the worst uppers ever. It was like all their money got spent on the midsole, and the upper mm. just got like the cheapest shit left in the factory after all the other brands discarded their stuff. Um, and it looks like that, and it they, it always felt like that too. They would always disintegrate, and they would cause blistering, and they were like had seams in the wrong spot. And they would yeah. tear and like where the seam joins the the mesh, and it was they were terrible the uppers, but geez, they were good underfoot. So how, how does that how does that 
original compared to now? Well, now is still good. Now is like, okay. so now the, sh- the current one is still super rigid um, and it's, it's probably not as soft, but it's, it's their stiffer shoe and it's still the shoe we put on someone who needs a tank, who, like, who wants foam that won't compress like the Bondi will. It's much more stable mm. than a Bondi. Yeah. The outer sole, though, the foam, like this really soft rubber outer sole of the current one, it doesn't handle, it's not as versatile as what the older trail one was. The older trail one was a lot better um, on sort of light trails and it handled the road better. It was more durable. This one here is mm. like, it's almost like they've had to lighten the shoe somehow. So they use these really soft mm. rubber pods, which I don't particularly love. They also feel a bit slippery on concrete. Mm. Yeah. Right. There you go. Maybe you've done that one before, Julian, though. You must really love it. Well, for me, because we were talking about spikes before, I thought I'd go back to a spike that I loved the most. It was the Nike um, Zoom Kennedy. I'll get a photo up through here. Um, They were released about, I think, 99 or 2000, just after the distance runner from America, Bob Kennedy. Um, But you see how the spikes strategically were placed just immediately. They had this sort of, it was like an EVA. It wasn't plastic. Do you see that that red webbing in the medial aspect of the foot? That was like an EVA webbing that sort of contoured the longitudinal arch that just shaped the foot, but it wasn't dense or like aggressive. The plate was relatively stiff um, and the upper was just magic. I reckon the heel counter was actually stiff. That was the only downside to it. So if you had like a Haglins or something like that, you might have irritated it. But this was one of my favourite running spikes. It was probably in a time or an era where there was... Um, what else was around that time? There was probably the Myler, the Lanang, um, the Ventulus. What else was out there, Tom? Oh, yeah. The Myler and what's... Lanang were really popular, but it was a really cool era of track spikes for sure. This was just an outlier because it looked like a clown shoe. Cool era, but if you put that shoe on now, I can guarantee you wouldn't like it. You know, like it's at my parents' house back home, so I'm going to go um, collect it one day when I head back home and just to uh, whack it on and see what it feels like. But All right, you can wear it for our 3K, our 3K show down in November. Let's do it. November. Yeah, no, I'm going to be wearing the on. No doubt about the on at all. Yeah, <laughs> go on, Tom. No, I, remember, I remember that spike. Um, so it is an ASICS, um, a hyperspeed. So if you were to go and put a hyperspeed on now, I'm sure you wouldn't be too excited. But when I, that was like my, I think that was one of my first racing flats. So I think I was in year 11 at school. Maybe, yeah, maybe year 11. Um, and it was back then the, the hyperspeed, um, it, it just uses, it just used really low density EVA. Mm. Um, even the outsole was like mm. super low density. Uh, so it was just, it just Pop made rubber. it super lightweight. Um, pretty flexible, but super light and super soft. Um, so as you can imagine, it was definitely not durable. Like you would, you'd, mm. you'd go through the outsole like within 200k. You'd have like a massive yeah. hole, like it's already chewing the midsole. But like while it lasted, it was it was brilliant. It was just so soft and light, and yeah, it and was good. Went through a phase of, of firming up all their midsoles, and probably for durability reasons. But it just yeah, it never felt as good as the 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 hyperspeed from like early 2000s. But you always picked the hyperspeed over the DS racer, didn't you? The DS racer oh, was yeah. a bit sort of firmer under four to it was firmer, um, the, yeah. I think the cost was, I think it was cheap as well, the hyperspeed. It was like a $100, $100, $100, yeah. $100 shoe and it was a better feeling shoe. And 
Yeah, but it's funny now. We talk about, you know, remember when Super Shoes first got released and the vapor play, you only get 200Ks out of them. Like, compared to the, 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 the flats back then in 2000, you literally couldn't get 200Ks out of the rubber of those shoes, whereas now you can yeah. take some of these Super Shoes out to three to four times that exactly. amount if you really want to. Exactly. Yeah. So you might you might pay double, but you're going to get at least double the durability, I reckon. With Absolutely. Most people yeah. in there in the Super Shoes, yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up. I think next time we speak, then we're going to have the um, going to have some shoes sort of released. So the Ultra mm. Flight, reckon you get onto a pair of them, Tom, for the um, for that national park you live near. Same with you, Nita. Reckon you both like that. <laughs> I actually am yeah. keen to get that. That would be good. Yep. Yeah. 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 Kinvara yeah. Pro will come out. Triumph yep. Twenty One should be should yeah. have that floating around. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? Maybe coming. Coming out soon enough. Um, whoa, what else is exciting that's hitting the deck? No, probably nothing in the next month. Maybe we get the Mac X come in. Um, yeah, yeah, nice. Is yeah. Triumph 21 an, a missile update or is it just No, upper? just upper. So upper. it's not I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. not crazy about it. But um, yeah, that's me. You get another release as well of the Super Blast, don't you, Julian? Super blast. We're actually getting a few pairs. So yeah, a lot of people after that. I chucked on Strava yesterday and um that's it. That's the one. That looks like a brand new shoe. It's a sample shoe for the clinic. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. look at how good that shoe looks. It's just amazing, isn't it? Like you hardly want to wear this thing, do you? But it's the midsole. Look, that's just the perfect yeah. shape, isn't it? It is, yeah. They've just got this thing right, haven't they? Like like Tom said the other day, it's a little bit Almost sad for the Nova Blast. Remember how good the Nova Blast was, and but if mm. you can afford a few extra dollars, it really you just wear the Super Blast, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we're going to yeah. get stock of it. So get your name and mm. hit us up on Instagram, the Running Company underscore Geelong, because that's where we're putting the names and numbers down. And then uh, mm -hmm. you might be able to secure a pair for their drop date, which we're looking at. I think early August, late July looks like the one. Sounds good. That's nice. exciting. All right. All, right, All right, guys. That was good. Better get yep. to work. See ya. See you later, guys. Thanks to the Prepped Adelaide Marathon for sponsoring the show. The Prepped Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prepped Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prepped and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au.